welcome to episode number 47 of Basha's Thoughts. Today I've been thinking about so many different things that I don't even know where to start. But I guess I'll start with the pleasant part, and that is the importance of feeling good. See, this is one part that I've been thinking about. I've had the opportunity to know people for decades and be able to see them on occasion throughout these decades sometimes. And when you get to meet people only on occasion, well, then you get to see the changes a little bit better. And so it's very interesting to notice what happens to people when they're maybe in their 20s and then in their 40s, in their 50s. You've had some 20, 30 years of change and you can see their tendencies. And in the beginning, you might see a little tendency. You might think, oh, that's kind of cute. That's just a little thing, a little detail. But if it is something that persists throughout time, it will become much stronger. And so I have seen people who have had little tendencies to feel good, to look for good things and who have over time been able to grow that into a beautiful life, a life where they are satisfied and happy and finding that the longer they live, the more interesting the world seems to be. And I have also had the opportunity to see people who seem to have just tiny tendencies to always look for bad things, but it wasn't such a big deal until decades later you notice that the person is not even capable of thinking about something in a positive way. Even when you specifically ask them, but what is good about this? But isn't this good about this? They are incapable of thinking about that and can immediately point you towards the problem and then perhaps just live in the problem and complain and not really get anywhere but feel really bad about it. And I have also had the opportunity to see a lady who was maybe somewhat difficult to be around for longer periods of time and as she grew older the world that she was seeing the world that she was telling me about actually became a reality around her. The only people who would interact with her were mostly people who tried to cheat her, who were negative in all sorts of ways. So that was a sad part and she was pretty old so there isn't much chance for her to change anything, particularly if she doesn't even know that there is a possibility to look at things differently and actually change things because she is so decided on what is reality and that has become crystallized in her world and that is the world. She knows what the world is and the world shows itself to her in that way. So perhaps due to biological processes, perhaps due to ideas such as benefiting our survival, we have some of these 
perhaps not so pleasant things that make us survive, but they do not make us thrive. We have biological things like senescence, which is a great idea when you're being formed in the womb and you can sculpt or cut out your organs from blobs of cells. This is terrific. But then as you get older and the more senescent cells you have, the more problems you're starting to notice. Aging sets in and inflammation becomes rampant. All sorts of age-related diseases, chronic illnesses become difficult to keep at bay. So we have some biases that seem to be very good to make us survive, but perhaps not excellent in the long run. If you're able to survive for a longer period of time, may not be to your ultimate benefit in terms of thriving. So the negativity bias would be an example where we have an easier time learning from negative feedback than from positive feedback. So if you are really afraid of something, something really scary happens, you will remember that and you will try to avoid it. Next time you come into a situation that is similar, you will have systems alerting you that this may be dangerous and you should act in accordance with what you've learned. So this is good. This way you might survive. Fear is activated and negative feedback in that way is, I read somewhere, I don't know how accurate this is, but three times more efficient or stronger than positive feedback. So if you do something and something positive happens, you have to have it happen at least three times before you have the same capacity to remember it as one negative event. And of course, the more negative it is, the stronger the fear, the more likely you are to remember. And also the more positive the event, likewise, it is easier for you to remember. So this is something that might help us survive but not thrive. And knowing that we have these kinds of biases, we can sometimes do things about it. And if we know that we are likely to focus more on the negative, well then, by taking time and actually making an effort and trying to find the positive, we can learn and we can have our mind operate in a different manner, a manner in which we become happier, a manner in which we create a universe, a world that is more beautiful, because we do ultimately create a lot of what we experience. Even if you do not believe in uh, laws of attraction or so, you can start thinking of situations. Who is more likely to be mugged on a street? A person who walks very fearfully, where you can see the tension in the body of that person, or a person who is totally relaxed, present, and walks just strongly. And so, in a way, that fear is calling the attention of the robber more than the person who is not afraid. And so, 
starting to create little habits, even habits of looking for something nice, something positive, can be very helpful, especially in the world today where most of the news we get are negative news. And so most of our attention is grabbed by whatever we have around us and is taken to the negative. So if we create a practice where we, even for instance, when we're just waiting for something and we start thinking about what do I really like about this moment? What is beautiful around me? Maybe it's the sunshine right now that's coming in through the window. Or maybe it's the color that you're seeing in front of you. Maybe it's the tree. Whatever it is, just being present and looking for what is beautiful. What is here right now that I like. Or even with a person. If you can see a person around you, what do you like about that person? What are their qualities, virtues? What can you see that you really enjoy about that person? Just creating a habit of trying to look for that will make a huge difference. In the moment, it might seem inconsequential and really not making any difference to anyone's day. But this is what I'm noticing, that over the decades that pass, these tiny little habits make all the difference and create totally different paths and lives for people. So something else that I was looking at lately was problem solving and how do you solve problems? And I was trying to look and see what we often tend to do. And a lot of what we do is something that I think could be summed up as optimization. We tend to optimize for something particular. So to solve a problem, we ask, so what is it I need to optimize for? What is it that is important for me to have or to gain or to whatever it is we're trying to solve? And this idea of optimization sounds scientific, and it can be. And it sounds like something we could use in economy, in business, and we do. A lot of society tends to be optimized for money, whatever currency you might be using. And that, of course, leads to perverse types of systems. And it's not just in science or in economy. Optimization is rhetoric. It's the sophists trying to capture our attention. It's the attention markets. The ancient sophists were trying to create a way of making something really salient and relevant, saying this, this particular thing is relevant, and talking about it, grabbing your attention until they created a loop inside of your head. 
that you were replaying by yourself for yourself. And then you had a process, a complex process going on inside of you, wanting to live and survive. That was a process of optimization for X, whatever that was. And in some situations, this was called public relations. And in other places, you have advertisement. So you want to, in the end, make a person perhaps buy something. And so you take something, perhaps a beverage, and then you show really beautiful people relaxing and cooling down and being absolutely amazing and saying, this beverage makes me feel like this. And so you're optimizing for that feeling. You're saying, this is what you will get when you drink this beverage. Now, in the end, that beverage might be beer or some other alcoholic beverage that will do probably something much worse to you. And yet you're focusing on this one particular detail that might happen in some cases, but it's just so rare. And you even realize it. It's not that when you start drinking the beer that you will be suddenly surrounded by all of these beautiful people wanting to spend time with you. And you will feel relaxed and refreshed. So we have these attention markets now and we have the social platforms that are working with algorithms, trying to find ways, trying to hijack our limbic system and find ways of holding our attention. And of course, the problem is that when you focus on something that is not necessarily true, but only a particular part, well, then you will be bringing about damage. So if you fall prey to the alcohol advertisement, you might become an addict in the end, and you might even destroy your life. So optimization for one particular detail, or even a list of details, is actually always going to fall short, because we cannot see, foresee, and understand everything. And optimization will, in the end, move us away from truth and into perverse types of systems. And why? Why do I say this on a larger scale? Well, on a larger scale, I also say this because we are essentially transcendent beings and as being, as being transcendent beings or having our essence in pure being, that is beyond anything that can ever be expressed because expression is within the finite. And so if you are a transcendent being, you can never be fully satisfied or find the truth in or through optimization. So if problem solving through optimization is not the best way, 
how do we problem solve? Is there an alternative? One particular alternative that I very much enjoy is that of inspiration, is that of finding beauty, is that of looking for beauty. And that can actually help solve problems, as odd as this may sound. So instead of looking for what can I optimize for, you would ask, in a sense, what is beautiful? Or in another sense, what would I want the solution to feel like, to look like, to be? What are the particular characteristics that a solution would have? So I don't know what the solution is. I don't know how to get there. But if I can start focusing enough on what it might feel like, look like, then very often I can actually get there. So let's say you're looking for relationships in your life. And we often hear ideas about what we want. So what is it you're looking for? What is it you want in your relationships? Whatever kinds of relationships it is. It can be romantic, intimate, or just friends or colleagues. What is it you're looking for? What is it you're going to be optimizing for? No. What is it you would like the perfect relationship to feel like, be like? So for instance, here you can use even your negative knowledge or negative experience and turn it around into inspiration. So you might, for instance, say, oh, something that is really important to me is honesty. I have to have honest people. I would love to have honest people. And you imagine, what would it be like to be able to interact with this honest person? Well, I would be, I would feel like I can trust them. Like I never have to question anything. Like I can always be myself and tell them exactly what I'm thinking and, and so on. And then you take another characteristic or perhaps a virtue or whatever it is. And here it is good to actually look back at your negative experiences and ask what is the opposite and thereby find the opposite and try to imagine what it would be like. Perhaps you were feeling that the other person that you had a relationship with was very selfish. Well, then generosity would be something that you would really enjoy. That person helped you see that generosity is important to you. And so what would it be like to be with a generous person? Generous with their time, generous with everything. And imagine that and even add on top. So if you were interested in someone who is kind, you would see them as kind and as generous and as honest and really try to feel, try to imagine 
what would that be like? This particular exercise I found very interesting because I noticed that after I did it, automatically I started seeing these characteristics that I had listed in my list of wanting to find in people around me. And they were just appearing. So I would talk to someone and all of a sudden I would see, wow, I love how open they are. This is so amazing. And I was able to see that. I was able to focus on that because I had already practiced that. And by focusing on that, and even sometimes telling the person how I appreciated that about them, it would bring forth that more and more. And it's not just with relationships that you can use this. You can use this as inspiration for all kinds of solutions to come into your life by asking what would a solution be like, feel like, look like, act like? What are the virtues, the principles, the characteristics of the solution? And by living in this world where we focus more and more on the positive, where we look and search for the positive, and we create more of it around us and in our world, we become happier and we move away from the fear-based type of living, which is highly imprisoning and enslaving and which very easily leads us onto the path of fighting, having to fight, fight for our survival in different ways. It's the traumatic path where we are prisoners of our trauma and forever repeating something that isn't anymore and we are only reacting to the past and reliving it over and over. So this path of subtly looking for the positive around us and using this idea of problem solving through inspiration more and more, it will liberate us more and more. It will make us more likely to really enjoy and like the positive things that we see about everyone else. Because when we finally find someone who has these beautiful characteristics, we're able to see that and then we're able to be happy for them because they are so amazing instead of feeling threatened by them. And I think that one of my absolute favorite things to do along these lines is to actually not go so much through the brain, not go so much through intellectual thinking or trying to imagine. Instead, sometimes it's really nice to go directly into what you're feeling. And throughout your day, there will actually be moments when you feel really good. Sometimes it's even just a couple of seconds 
But if you pay attention to it, you can actually learn to surf your positive feelings and sensations. You know how you might stretch in the morning? Perhaps when you wake up, you just stretch out in bed. And you know that feeling right after you stretch? There's this amazing relaxation in your body that feels so good for just a couple of seconds at least. You can ride that. You can try to move into that feeling and see how long you can stay on that wave and how you can reproduce it in your body. This is uh, one of my favorite things to do, to pay attention to positive sensations and feelings and then just ride them without the story, without the story attached, the story that might have originally generated the feeling. Maybe someone tells you something, you feel relieved. But then you can feel relieved without it, without the story. And the more you learn to surf your feelings, the more capable you become of moving into them, even without a story. And then you can actually spend periods of your day just feeling awesome for no particular reason. And that too brings about positive consequences for you and for everyone you interact with. And it builds over time. As you become older and older, you are capable of feeling better and better. That was it for today. I might talk to you in another podcast episode. Take care. Thank you.